Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a real treat this morning. I'd like to uh, welcome you to the Real Estate and More show, and thanks for listening. This segment I call Catch Your Breath. Our guest is a man of highly respected for his life's work in the field of pulmonology and critical care. He's well known for helping folks with respiratory and lung issues while employing the latest research from one of the greatest medical institutions on earth, the Mayo Clinic. Today, the good doctor will share with us issues of the lungs facing our population and inform us of treatments for them, highly regarded amongst his peers as a world-class pulmonologist. Welcome to the show, Dr. Louis Wasilius of Mayo Clinic. Yeah, thanks very much, Michael. It's uh, certainly our pleasure to have you on board. Well, thank you again for being on. We appreciate your professionalism and willingness to share this information with our listeners because where else do you go except waiting for doctor's appointments and such? <laughs> it's really, well, not at Mayo, but in a lot of places, uh, you hopefully. wait a long time to get a doctor appointment. And, and it's really uh, good to be able to provide some information to our listeners to where they they have some kind of an idea of what pulmonary issues are, what can be done, how they're treated, diagnosed, and so forth. And you're the source, my friend. Sure. So how old were you when you first started uh, your interest in medicine? Well, you know, I, I grew up in a, at a medical family because my father was a doctor and my mother was a nurse. So, you know, you sort of start off with um, that being kind of front and center as a as a career option. Um, and I, you know, always enjoyed hearing my dad talk about cases and um, and my mom worked as a nurse once uh, once we were a little bit older. So, you know, it was kind of always there in front of me and it was a field I thought thought I would enjoy. So and it turns out it uh, it's been a good good career choice for me. So when did it take when did you decide to narrow it to to pulmonary care? I mean, it seemed like it would be a hard decision. You become a physician and then how do you decide which direction uh, to take as a specialty? Yeah, you know, that's uh, it, it's kind of a, um, you know, I think a lot of it depends on kind of just your experiences in medical school. You know, you go through each of the rotations and I sort of like some aspects of each rotation I was on, whether that was pediatrics or OB or um, I wasn't real wild about surgery, but I, medicine was was appealing. It's a little more, uh, I guess, academic or thought, you know, in, in terms of trying to solve mysteries. And that challenge uh, I enjoyed. And then, you know, I liked cardiology. I liked pulmonary. Pulmonary and critical care seem to offer a, a, a wide diversity of patients. So that's that's probably what attracted me the most to, to that field. Folks, yeah. um, pulmonology is the branch of medicine that specializes in diagnosing and treating diseases of the lungs and other parts of the respiratory system. We're talking diseases like asthma, emphysema, tuberculosis, and pneumonia. And, you know, doctor, you were a resident of the University of Arizona, then a fellow mm -hmm. in pulmonary and critical care at the University of California in San Diego. I bet you wish that you had bought property in San Diego back then before coming to Mayo. Uh, you're right about that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at, at some of the places um, where I used to live and what they're going for now, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> were you a surfer back in those days? You know, uh, no, well, a boogie board, but that's about it. Oh, I <laughs> not <can't>. a sir. <laughs> I should mention to our, our folks that you received the Upjohn Achievement Award for Outstanding Resident at the University of Arizona. 
as well as the Outstanding Teaching Award at the University of Kansas. That's pretty amazing. And since 2005, he contributed as the Fellowship Program Director at the Department of Internal Medicine. That's impressive. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to uh, to brag on you, but I'm, I'm bragging on you. So um, <laughs> further, I have well, to mention that Dr. Wasilius has authored more than 58 medical publications, not to mention articles just on matters of the lungs. And I'm sorry, Doc, but I got to ask you these questions. Um, oh, yeah, being sure. a realtor, I uh-huh. can go very long without taking the pulse of the current real estate market uh, conditions. And how is the Phoenix area down there? Are you seeing a lot of multiple offers? Is it still a seller's market? Slowed down? What do you see? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, sure. I think with, um, you know, not that it's something that I I watch every uh, real often, but um, I think the market's still pretty good, even though interest rates, obviously, mortgage rates are are higher. But um, I know in our and just in our neighborhood, homes have still sold pretty quickly. I don't know about the multiple offers, but they've a few of them have um, been very close to offering price, or even one I saw recently still above offering price. So you know, I think the market is is remaining pretty healthy. I think the supply, you know, in the Phoenix area is fairly limited. So um, you know, so I think still from that standpoint, it is a seller's market. We're seeing a lot of the same here, too, my friend. And, you know, uh, the Phoenix area offers so many things like hiking, biking. Um, What do you do if you ever have time off? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's not the summer when it's and it's hard to do much except swim. But, um, yeah, the rest of the year, there's, you know, I do enjoy hiking. Um, I do play some golf. Not not well, but I do play golf. And um, and then I, I I I'm sort of a runner. I try to keep keep running as long as my uh, hopefully my legs last a little bit longer uh, and allow me to keep doing that for a bit my doctors are on me for for not running so much but walking fast and i i you know i haven't really been the best patient so i'm gonna have to really step up my game <laughs> on that one so enough of real estate and hiking and all that but uh, let us get into uh, medical a little bit am i correct in understanding that you practice in the field of critical care as well as the field of pulmonology um, are you like me? Do you just love to work? <laughs> well, you know, I have always enjoyed um, enjoyed the work. Um, you know, I, I when I was younger, I did a little more um, critical care. And now, um, uh, you know, that's sort of a younger person's field uh, since there's a lot of nighttime work. But I, I practice predominantly pulmonary at this point. But I, I really do enjoy it. Um, it's a challenging field. You know, I wish... A lot of times there was more we could do for patients, but uh, it's come a long way since I was a fellow and a resident. There's much, much more we offer today that um, just wasn't available, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Wow. Interesting. Um, And tell me if I'm not right. The Mayo Clinic is known for its ability to coordinate specialists to discover the cause and then treat medical issues. Further, it seems to me, uh, Mayo Clinic's practice to huddle together their doctors for the purpose of solving complex diseases is like a norm there. Can you add anything to this uh, in a positive way? Yeah, you know, I think it, uh, I think that has been one of the strong pluses of Mayo Clinic and some of the other, you know, um, multi-specialty clinics, you know, like the Cleveland Clinic is probably on, on a fairly similar model. But yeah, it, it is, I think, very helpful, particularly in complex problems, um, you know, to have people kind of in the same office space, um, you know, close by so you can easily interact, 
you know, discuss things with the radiologist, discuss things with the pathologist, having that all together and working regularly together does, I think, benefit the patient. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Michael, what traits should we look for in selecting an agent? Look for a deal maker with a positive attitude who will work tirelessly for you. An agent who is adept in multiple offer situations, drafting contracts, marketing and advertising a client's home, is familiar with multiple cultures, experienced in mortgage financing, inspections, and escrow, is a huge asset to his client. What can you do as a plus for clients? Your agent is your eyes and your ears, one who works behind the scenes on your behalf, a great attitude, working well with others, and keeping clients' priorities number one is a given for us. Call 925-322-7775 now to schedule an appointment or complimentary home analysis. For excellence in real estate, call the Michael Hatfield REMAX team at 925-322-7775 or go to michaelhatfieldhomes.com. With low housing inventory and constantly changing mortgage rates, buying or selling home is challenging. Choose an experienced team who cares. Here's Michael Hatfield. In a quiet cul-de-sac near the quaint town of Clayton, revel in the wonderfully tall ceilings and open and spacious elegance of this immaculate 3,321 square foot, five bedroom, three bath masterpiece. 22 Wordsworth Court in Concord boasts outdoor living at its best with sparkling pool and newly built gazebo. Plenty of room for an RV or a possible ADU. Highly ranked schools and a warm sense of neighborhood here. Don't miss this dream home. Get help with buying or selling a home by calling the Michael Hatfield Remax team at 925-322-7775. That's 925-322-7775 or go to michaelhatfieldhomes.com. That's michaelhatfieldhomes.com. Now, welcome back to our show. I understand uh, that Mayo in Scottsdale has bought a lot of property to add mm-hmm. to their research and development. Uh, you know, bo- both, um, I'm not sure if it's north of the 101 loop, but it's mostly south, but mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of land to expand the research and development facilities. You know, folks, a lot of people don't know that Mayo is um, really a, a leader with research and development in uh, specialties and such, and it's hard to beat. I know that uh, my experience at uh, Mayo Clinic has just been amazing. Uh, So anyways, part of um, pulmonary and critical care, uh, a physician needs to be somewhat knowledgeable in all of these areas of of the body. And the body is so complex that the more that you know, uh, at least on the surface, can lead you in a direction with a diagnosis that you might not have thought of before. Do you find that that happens a bit? I know you have a lot of background. Yeah, yeah. I think being, um, you know, one of the things I think that's um, maybe been not as helpful in medical care is the extent to which a lot of people, a lot of people in medicine specialize, you know, and you get into a narrow focused area. And um, I, I think having uh, a pretty good knowledge base in in you know, for example, pulmonary and cardiology overlap quite a bit. You know, patients can be shorter breath because of lung problems. They can be shorter breath because of heart problems. And sometimes distinguishing that 
uh, is not the easiest. So uh, you have to be able to pick up cardiac problems, pulmonary problems. Sometimes it can be musculoskeletal or neurologic problems. So having a, you know, that broader background um, and keeping up to date to some extent in those areas is, I think, important to, to really provide optimal care for patients. Oh, I understand. So your primary uh, specialty and focus is on interstitial lung disease. Interstitial, yeah. <laughs> Interstitial, okay. Interstitial, and, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a layman here. Right. No, uh, that's a tough word. <laughs> <laughs> an obstructive lung disease. For people like me that can't even pronounce it, just what is interstitial yeah, lung disease and what is obstructive lung disease? Yeah, well, the you know, the one of the... Um, you know, the oldest diseases that, you know, has been, people have been aware of going back even, you know, to Hippocrates and that era was, you know, is asthma, which would be one of the main types of obstructive lung disease. Um, that's where airflow is obstructed. You know, patients can um, just can't move air in and out of the lungs easily and quickly. You know, that the lungs really just have to do two things, as I tell patients, you know, be able to move air in and out quickly if needed when you're exercising easily. Uh, and then also get oxygen from that air into your blood. Uh, and, and, you know, the obstructive lung disease um, makes it difficult to move air in and out. So COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is another obstructive airway disease. And then there's some, you know, they're less common, uh, cystic fibrosis, more of a congenital disease in children. And uh, bronchiectasis is another disease that of the airways. Those are all airway disease, obstructive diseases. Um, interstitial disease is more of a scarring, uh, inflammation and scarring in the lungs. And, uh, you know, we can see that, well, for example, people get exposed to toxic dust like asbestos or silica, uh, that'll scar the lungs. Some patients who have rheumatoid arthritis, let's say, can get scarring of the lungs. Um, but then there are a number of idiopathic diseases that can scar the lungs. Um, sarcoidosis, some of your listeners may be familiar with that. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis is another one that's a, a devastating disease that uh, often those patients, uh, if they're candidates, require a lung transplant because of the progression of the disease. Good to know. Uh, folks, we're speaking with Dr. Louis J. Wasilius. He's a pulmonologist in Scottsdale, Arizona, and is affiliated with the Mayo Clinic, Arizona. He received his medical degree from University of Kansas School of Medicine and has been in practice for more than, we're not saying, he's no. a <laughs> long time. <laughs> Dr. Wasilius has expertise in treating sleep apnea, asthma, bronchitis, among other conditions. You know, it's just uh, amazing to me when we start talking to the human body or we look at something. It's just amazing how all of it tends to be interconnected. It mm -hmm. is a work of art unlike any other. And we just have to applaud physicians such as yourself that take it upon themselves to walk among us and help us with these issues. So have you found that sometimes issues of the heart uh, sometimes affect or manifest into lung and respiratory issues? And if so, how often? Well, it uh, yeah, th definitely. There's a um... You know, the heart and the lungs really have to work well in tandem because um, the lungs basically put oxygen into the blood and the heart pumps that oxygen, you know, and other nutrients throughout the rest of the body. So if the, um, the most common interaction, I would say, is if you end up with any component of heart failure, if the heart is no longer pumping blood very well, 
uh, and that's a fairly common problem, particularly as we get older. Um, but then fluid, you know, can often back up into the lungs and give you what we call pulmonary edema or congestive heart failure with pulmonary edema. So that's a, a very common interaction where the fluid is backing up into the lungs. It can sometimes look like a pneumonia or look like other problems that are specific to the lungs when in fact it's really more a manifestation of the heart not functioning well. Similarly, when the lungs get diseased, it becomes harder for the heart's right ventricle, the ventricle that pumps blood through the lungs. Um, there can become more resistance to that blood flow going through the lungs so the heart can fail, the right ventricle can begin to fail. And, and we actually call that core pulmonale is a term we use, which means right heart failure due to the lungs. Mm -hmm. So so they interact quite a bit. Uh, and the symptoms overlap a lot too. Shortness of breath can be due to the heart not pumping enough blood or the, the lungs not um, getting enough oxygen into the blood or or people having to work very hard to breathe because they have some underlying lung disease. Hmm, good to know. I know persistent cough is, is, it's all over the place. I run into people coughing all the time and you don't know if they're sick or whether or not <laughs> it's uh, asthma or whether or not they have other, some complex type of ailment that affects them. It's right up there with the top three with shortness of breath, abnormal findings on a chest or x-ray. What are the most common pulmonary problems that you see as a pulmonary specialist? We're sort of in a referral pro, uh, program uh, practice here at Mayo, so we see you know a lot of referred patients that are fairly complex. But still, you know, I would say you know chronic cough is right up there as one of the the top ones, uh, as well as you know somebody coming in because somebody had a a CAT scan for one reason or another, a CT scan, and and something showed up on the CT scan, and they're worried about lung cancer or some other uh, serious problem. But um, the chronic cough, you know, and, and chronic cough we define as any cough that persists longer than eight weeks. Um, shorter than that, it's usually related to a respiratory infection. But if it lasts longer than eight weeks, then we start thinking of, you know, other causes of chronic cough, you know, such as asthma, uh, chronic bronchitis, um, reflux, gastroesophageal reflux can be a cause, allergies with nasal drainage. And then um, it, we're picking up more patients now that have what we call laryngeal hypersensitivity, uh, which is just a problem where the cough receptors in the larynx get um, uh, overly active so that it takes less and less to trigger a, a cough in those individuals. Wow. Pretty interesting in my view. Is the voice box and chronic cough sometimes uh, associated or interconnected? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the, you have a tremendous number of what we call cough receptors. Those are nerve endings that will trigger a cough. Um, the cough centers in the brain, but um, those receptors and nerves that are in the larynx or the, right above the vo vocal cords, you know, those, uh, there's a lot of cough receptors there. So anything that irritates that area, um, and that can often be reflux or post-nasal drainage. Um, and sometimes we don't, know why it's just idiopathic that area becomes very sensitized and uh so cough you know things that would not normally trigger a cough like just an odor cooking odor let's say or um, somebody with uh cologne or perfume being close by that'll trigger a cough when you know typically it, it normally it wouldn't be enough to cause that 
Mm-hmm. And are some of these uh, issues that we have, are they, are they associated with age? I know you alluded to that earlier. Maybe we can expand a little bit on that. I mean, I'm I'm a young guy. I'm only 25. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so I know I've got a few years before I have to worry about it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about it. That's a good age to be because your your lungs, <laughs> both in men and women, uh, start to decline in um your lung function actually does start declining. For men, like around 30, maybe late 20s, you start losing a little lung function each year uh, just with aging. Uh, so so what's normal at age, let's say, 40 is less than age 20 or 30. And certainly at age 70, let's say, normal lung function is less than age 60 or 50. So we all lose a little bit of lung function uh, gradually. But you know, we don't notice it because you know we're not as active at 70 as we are at 30. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Michael Hatfield, REMAX Team. With low housing inventory and constantly changing mortgage rates, buying or selling home is challenging. Choose an experienced team who cares. Here's Michael Hatfield. In a quiet cul-de-sac near the quaint town of Clayton, revel in the wonderfully tall ceilings and open and spacious elegance of this immaculate 3,321-square-foot, five-bedroom, three-bath masterpiece. 22 Wordsworth Court in Concord boasts outdoor living at its best with sparkling pool and newly built gazebo. Plenty of room for an RV or a possible ADU. Highly ranked schools in a warm sense of neighborhood here. Don't miss this dream home. Get help with buying or selling a home by calling the Michael Hatfield Remax team at 925-322-7775. That's 925-322-7775 or go to michaelhatfieldhomes.com. That's michaelhatfieldhomes.com. Michael Hatfield, real estate and more. Now, welcome back to our show. Um, but yeah, even some patients who are you know in Arizona here, some patients who are in their nineties find that you know if they're living at elevation, they begin to have trouble um, just because their lung function has declined as they've aged. Mm-hmm. Um, but other things go on when you're getting older too. For example, um, issues like reflux, gastroesophageal reflux, become much more common. Um, and that's one of the mechanisms by which you can sometimes get a pneumonia. You can get reflux into the back of the throat. A little bit of that material can get into the into the lungs, and that's a common way to for patients to get pneumonia is a little bit of what we call microaspiration. You know, and then you're a little less active. You're um, if, if accidents happen, you know, people get sick, um, have a bone or joint issues, um, that that level of inactivity can kind of complicate things in terms of the lungs. So very interesting. Um, you know, I, I never really thought that there was so much behind each specialty, especially pulmonology. It just seems mm-hmm. like there's a, a depth there that, you know, you have to constantly stay on. I know in the airline business, you're always trained every six months, you know, you for mm-hmm. issues and such. And I would think that with the institution that you're at, that they constantly provide that training and interactivity with other physicians in other specialties. And I, I got to say that I, I think that's really something to be admired uh, in my book anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, a few shows back, we interviewed uh, Barry uh, personality and author Karen Owak. She a really nice lady. She's worked in cardiopulmonology rehabilitation for a few decades in the Bay Area VA medical centers. And she was saying, interestingly, they should make sure 
uh, when doctors intake that they have on their form, did you have military service? Because military tenure tends to affect a lot of of mm-hmm. um, individuals, I would think, and would give you uh, a hint at a diagnosis that you you might be um, interested in. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, you know, it, it depends a lot on the era of service, uh, in turn, and you know, knowing kind of what was. Um, unique to each time in service, you know, there's fewer and fewer World War II veterans, but, um, you know, through World War II particularly, but also in uh, Korea and and to some extent in Vietnam, um, military service uh, personnel were exposed to a lot of asbestos. You know, that was very commonly used in ships, um, aircraft, you know, submarines were were very often because it's a great insulator against fire. So it was used extensively. So, uh, a lot of uh, veterans, you know, that were in the Navy, let's say, uh, got exposed to quite a bit of asbestos. So we certainly ask about that. Um, and then, um, you know, there's been some health risks, you know, associated with Agent Orange, of course, so you can ask about that. Not so much lung issues, but um, there have been some. It's been a little controversial in terms of, you know, what how significant that was for lung issues. Um, and then Iraq War veterans, you know, there were these burn pits in um, in Iraq that a lot of veterans got exposed to uh, in the Iraqi War, um, Desert Storm, I guess. You know, and so that clearly had some damaging effects on um, on the lungs of some veterans. So, you know, kind of knowing exposure history, um, y- you know, what what they may have been exposed to in their military service. Um, That's very important in kind of assessing what's maybe causing lung issues. It's, um, but it's a gratifying field and I'm glad we're making some progress and hopefully the next generation is going to um, benefit from some of the progress we've made in this generation. What a great subject. I have to confess that I've been unable to finish with some of my best questions regarding the subject of pulmonology with our esteemed guest, Dr. Louis J. Wasilius of the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Wasilius has so generously offered to come back next week and finish our show entitled Catch Your Breath, Part 2. Thank you so very much for being on the show, Dr. Louis J. Wasilius, the Mayo Clinic, uh, specialist, uh, one of the world class specialists in pulmonary as well as critical care. You know, these wonderful human beings like Dr. Wasilius go entirely out of the way to make patients in some way better. And having the vast research and development resources of the amazing AO Clinic behind these efforts, miracles can and do happen. Thank you again for being on the show, Doctor. Well, thanks very much, Michael. Listen to on-demand real estate and more shows at michaelhatfieldhomes.com slash radio. The Real Estate and More Show is also podcast on all major podcast platforms. Tune in next week, and until then, have a blessed week. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. Information on the show provided for illustrator purposes only and does not constitute professional or legal advice. Information from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Michael Hatfield and the Michael Hatfield Remax team have no liability for information discussed on the show. Consult with qualified professionals 
prior to taking action. We at the Michael Hatfield Remax team enjoy representing our valued clients. If you or someone you know is interested in buying or selling and wishes to schedule a complimentary appointment with the Michael Hatfield Remax team, call us at 925-322-7775. That's 925-322-7775. Or go to our website, michaelhatfieldhomes.com. I'm Michael Hatfield. Thank you for listening today. Join us next Saturday for the next real estate and more when we again sharpen our focus on how's the market. Join us next Saturday and have a wonderful week. Best wishes and blessings to you. DRE 01493761.